0: On today's show the Bucks take care of business and that is the name of the game at this stage of the season for this team. They blow out the San Antonio Spurs and in the process they get some really good rest for some key players. I'm going to send a word of warning to opposition teams, don't annoy Giannis. He was on a mission tonight. The depth was great. I'm going to look at some of the numbers over the course of the last 6 weeks that should have Bucks fans feeling good about this offense and naturally We'll take a look around the NBA, and also, are you worried about Pat Connaughton? Let's get into all of that and more. Max him down, Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Uh, we thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday and sometimes on the weekend more on that in just a little bit we appreciate your support it has been building particularly over the last few months uh, February and into March this has been by far the biggest period we've had for this show uh, particularly with our YouTube viewers so we love it we appreciate it get on board hit like Subscribe if you haven't done so. We're at 6.3k right now. I want to get to 7k before the start of the postseason. That's my goal for this show. So if you're just joining us maybe for the first time or new-ish to the show, uh, subscribe, like, hit a review, comment, get involved, free to do so. And it seriously, seriously helps us and we absolutely appreciate it. Unfortunately, we had Zora Stevenson on tap. I teased that a little bit through the week for yesterday. Uh, Last second, something came up there. Uh, unfortunately we know Zora is a very 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 busy person in the business so we're going to reschedule she was very apologetic for that Uh, we love Zora so that's totally fine but sorry to everyone that I teased that and then I didn't come through with the goods I ultimately made a decision that I wasn't going to do another podcast yesterday because coming up this weekend we've got the Utah Jazz we've got the Denver Nuggets and I'm going to get into some weekend podcast fun so again if you subscribe you'll know uh, when those shows drop so get involved there help us out. And we would absolutely love it. But as for tonight, uh, we keep talking about the stand-ins across the NBA. We keep on talking about the situation that the Milwaukee Bucks find themselves in. There is one way to ease all the anxiety and to ensure that you're in a good position entering the final weeks of this regular season coming up here. And that's just take care of business. Let's beat the teams that are no good and that you should beat. And the Bucks did that in very, very comfortable fashion, 130 to 124, uh, sorry, 130 to 94, sorry, over the San Antonio Spurs. And we know starting with the game in Utah and Denver this weekend, the Bucks have got five games in seven nights in five different cities and some difficult challenges there ending with the Boston Celtics game where things are going to get interesting. So as it stands still tonight, the Sixers blew out the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls helped us out earlier in the week, not so much tonight. So the Bucks maintain a three-game lead in the loss column now for Milwaukee with only 10 games to play. So they're in a good spot, but you still don't want to have too many slip-ups because the Sixers uh, have been really on a tear of late. The, the Celtics can obviously turn it around. So not the perfect night in terms of results, but as far as the Bucks are concerned, they took care of business on their end and that's all they can afford to do And I had a number of people jump into YouTube comments and they're like, "Kane, why are you worried about load management? Why are you supporting this? You need to be out there and playing these games and going all out for the number one seed. I agree. But let's also be honest about this. I saw some people tweeting tonight during this game. Why is Brooke Lopez on the floor? Why is Chris Middleton on the floor in the fourth quarter in a blowout? And I understand that. But there are going to be times over this last stretch where – I'm not sure whether the game's in hand or maybe the Bucs are playing a team that is no good. And if something goes wrong, knock on wood, it doesn't. But if something goes wrong, it will always come back to Bud. Why have you got these guys playing? This was irresponsible for the Bucs. You've got a two-game lead in the number one seed. Why are you risking these guys? So I'm not saying that I want lots of players to rest. I'm just saying the Bucs are in a tricky situation with this schedule coming up over the next few weeks. Frank is always the one that points out that there is no back-to-back in the postseason. So navigating this stretch here against good teams while traveling, you cross your fingers a little bit and you hold your breath. And if you can have nights like tonight where guys are limited in minutes, Giannis only has to play 23. Brooke plays 24. Drew's only at 22. They got Chris up to 29, but I think that's still just ensuring that his workload continues to build. That's good for him in this instance and he was playing pretty well. Uh, You... You take that. Those are the nights you want. So when the Bucks play the Pistons next week in the Pacers, I don't know whether all hands are on deck and everyone plays, but if they do, this is how you can take care of your guys down the stretch. So this was a perfect night from that scenario for Milwaukee. I want to get into some more Giannis stuff a little bit later. It's kind of MVP related. It's kind of an incident I saw earlier in this game, which made me feel that Giannis was going to go berserk on the San Antonio Spurs, and he absolutely ended up doing so. But first, just a quick note: Thanasis comes back into the lineup. He didn't play, uh, but he was active. He'd been away for the team for a while. Lots of people fascinated what was happening with Thanasis, and obviously concerned if you know he's just not from the team. We had no info. I will say though, I knelt for one second, thought that I was desperate to know what was going on. If this is something personal, I don't need to know. I know for a fact that you know Giannis was asked about this, not necessarily on the record, but he was asked about what was going on. Giannis said he's fine, didn't want to talk about it. That's enough for me. If these guys don't want to talk about it, i work in the media, but I don't need to know everything. And uh, as long as he's okay, he certainly looked happy tonight uh, on, on the bench. That's for sure. He was in street clothes, but he was happy on the bench. Before I get to the Giannis stuff, just a quick chat on Pat Conadon tonight because I know there's been discussion around him. He plays 28 minutes tonight. At, was plus 19. Everyone was great in the plus minus, mind you. He had five points, 10 rebounds. One for five from three had some really good looks that didn't go down. And I asked Frank whether he was concerned about Pat a few nights ago. And Frank kind of said, no, not really. He wasn't overly concerned. It wasn't top of mind for him. What I will say is we saw some stuff tonight that was very much Pat Conraden at his best from impacting games in ways other than just planting his feet and knocking down threes. Three offensive rebounds in this game. One of them resulted in a kick out for a three at the top. Another one resulted in him being able to finish his own layup. And I think those are the types of plays that make Pat Connor invaluable for this team. We know he can be versatile defensively. The three-point shot down at 31%, yep, you want to see it get up. He just feels like a guy that hasn't been able to get his legs this season, whether it was the hamstring, whether it was the calf. He just feels and looks like he's been underdone all season long. But I like the fact, even though it was a blowout tonight, that he was getting involved in those little plays because those are also the things that have been missing just a little bit so i'm not concerned about pat we talk about the 2021 playoff run and he was a critical guy played in some closing stretches he has been a guy that's been in closing lineups in the past but if you go back to the 2021 playoffs he was probably the bucks what would you say um sixth most important player so you got the starters the pjs in there as well and that was probably pat at number six This year, I don't really feel like that's the case. You've got Joe Ingalls there. You've got Jay Crowder there. Obviously, Bobby Portis is still there, but Bobby Portis is there. Grayson Allen. So I just don't think there is the same level of importance and and desperation for Pat to be a reliable night-in, night-out player. And you just hope that the three-point shot turns around. But I thought he had some impactful moments tonight. But let me know how you feel about Pat Conraden with this team and if you're concerned at all about the production uh, that has been coming from Pat. I want to get to Giannis next because I noticed some stuff tonight early in this game. And then he went on to look, he wasn't shy tonight against the Spurs. It looked like a guy that knew that he could bully some of these young players on this San Antonio team. So plenty of Giannis chat coming up next, which then leans into the MVP chat. And then I've got some numbers for the Bucks overall in this run, this hot, hot stretch that they've been on 24 wins in 27 games and why The offense is significantly better since Chris Middleton returned to the lineup. But first, we're going to talk about uh, a pretty cool promo we've got going and a sponsor and a friend of the podcast. That's Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Uh, It's uh, the sponsor of today's show, in fact. And if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise while your dream can come true, And this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks. That's what people get really excited about. And navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. So you can be in charge of the box, any of these moves that you want to make, anything you've heard me say over the years that you think you're an idiot, Kane, this is what the Bucks should be doing. By the way, a huge offseason for the Bucks, so you can get involved. Locked on Bucks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code on the screen right now on YouTube or look it up on App Stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. All right, let's get to Giannis tonight. And uh, as we already mentioned earlier in the show, he was able to make pretty light work of the Spurs tonight, which we love to see. Not required at all in the fourth quarter. It's been a while since the Bucs have been in a position to do that. I had some listeners jumping in YouTube and frustrated that the Bucs weren't handling these teams at home, despite the fact that you've been a dominant force on their home floor this season. Best home record in the NBA. Uh, But tonight was nice. 23 minutes total. 23 shots in 23 minutes for Giannis, by the way. finished with 31 points, 14 rebounds, a couple of assists, and a big, big block. Uh, late in the third quarter there as well for Giannis. So a monstrous night. Early in this game, uh, the Spurs scored. I believe it made the score 7-5, to maybe 7-6. to And Zach Collins, who, by the way, (laughs) it's always shocking to me when Zach Collins is playing. He's had a terrible run with injury, but yes, he is on the Spurs. And he kind of just shoved Giannis in the back. And it was as if he was going to box out. And then he kind of shoved Giannis in the back. Giannis wasn't expecting it. And Giannis kind of turned around a little bit. Just took note of what went down. Not the first time he's been shoved in the back in the last week, mind you. On the very next offensive play, so we're talking about six seconds later, Drew Holiday runs a pick and roll, slides a little pocket bounce pass to Giannis. Jeremy Sohan is right there. Giannis throws it down ferociously with the one hand. And there was just a little bit of intensity about it. And from that moment on, he was looking to attack these guys. I don't know whether that moment actually did anything, but as I was watching the game, I just noted it down on my little notepad that Giannis could take that personally and he could be about to explode on this team. And really the only thing that stopped him from having a 50-point outing tonight uh, was the fact that this game was such a blowout. So Giannis, uh, one for four from three, so he did miss some threes tonight, but overall uh, just too physically strong and dominant and the bulk of the shots, you know, 23 shots in 23 minutes, as I mentioned tonight. So the Spurs had nothing for him. If you look at what Giannis has done, and I've separated the season for some of these numbers from January 23. This is when Chris Middleton returned to the lineup since that stretch. And you give whatever credit you want to Chris. I don't care. Some people won't want to give you many. That's totally fine. But in this 27 game stretch where the Bucs are now 24 and three, Giannis has put up 31.6. So kind of around the season mark. He's grabbing you 12 rebounds, six assists as well. So the numbers are about right. But the thing that I love is the efficiency has is, is really started to climb. We've mentioned recently that his true shooting did get uh, above 60% there, which Frank was very, very excited about. But he's been 59% from the field in that stretch at 36% from three as well. So his efficiency has just started to climb a little bit. And I think that there's no doubt that having Chris back in the lineup, whether it's the half court stuff, whether it is just familiarity with lineups. I think it's helped Giannis. I think it's helped him. I think this stretch run has helped the Bucks, obviously with the number one seed, but it has pushed Giannis up to what I believe should be MVP favoritism. And, you know, you can accuse me of having a little bit of bias, but I think he's right there. Now the Bucks are on pace for a 60 win season. They're on pace. They have the best record in the NBA. And I think when you factor in the fact that Chris did miss so much time with this team, If you could erase your memory and not remember anything about previous years and who had won MVPs, and I think you looked at the adversity the Bucs have had to go through on this team, then I think Giannis has the best case to be the MVP this season. Now, he's going to have matchups against Philadelphia upcoming and Boston upcoming, but as of right now, ahead of this crucial stretch for the back end of the season, I believe Giannis should be in the box seat For the MVP and those numbers and the efficiency continuing to climb uh, is a big reason for that. He's 74% at the rim on the season now, which is actually exactly on par with where he was in 2019 and 2020 when he did win the MVP. Those numbers were ridiculously uh, higher than that over the last two seasons. So a bit of a dip there, but still that's been on the climb uh, as the season has rolled on. The mid-range stuff is still well down, 31% from mid-range. Uh, 41% he was last year. And he's only at 26% in the short mid-range category. And this is something that Frank has lamented for much of the season. Just a a little bit off on on some of the touch around the basket, which uh, you would love to see come back for the postseason because those are the areas that he can really go to work in, uh, work into the middle of the floor, little push shot, little hook shot. We've seen him do it before. Uh, You would want to see that number obviously rise. The three-point stuff I mentioned is just hilarious because It doesn't actually really matter what Giannis does in segments of the season. He will have these little hot stretches like we've seen, but he's always going to end up back at 30%. So 31% in 2020, 30% the last two seasons, and now he's up to 29% from three. And obviously it's been climbing of late. He'll probably get to 30%. And that's just where he'll sit. Certainly hasn't lost any confidence with shooting that three. uh, But I did just want to mention, obviously, a pretty dominant performance tonight by the Bucs. And there's not too many specifics to take out of this game. But Giannis has been on the charge. Again, you love the fact that he hasn't shown any awareness while playing of the hand-slash-wrist injury with some of those dunks and the way he's aggressively going to the basket. Uh, but with these big games coming up, I do think that he's in the box seat for the MVP. Of course, we'll see where the voters lie at the end of this one. Before I move on to the big picture numbers for this Milwaukee Bucks team, and particularly the offense that has, has significantly improved for this team and some thoughts I have, around that uh mamu played tonight for the san antonio spurs he came off the bench but played 28 minutes 12 points seven rebounds couple of assists it's fascinating though because this Spurs team is just they're no good i mean when i look at the box score and i think to myself who is actually like who who are the players on this team that in the future are going to be a big part of any type of San Antonio competitive team. Jeremy Sohan is, is obviously pretty interesting. Devin Vassell has shown some stuff. Colton Johnson is a nice player. He obviously didn't play tonight, but he's he's fine. Trey Jones has shown some stuff. But they just don't really have any young stars. I think about some of the young teams that have tanked in the past. Oklahoma City. But they had Gildas Alexander. They had Giddy. They've got a couple of young stars that have been injured. So it's, it's just a different feel. So the Spurs might get the number one pick. But I have no idea where their direction is in terms of how bad they're going to be for a period of time. But Mamou at least looks like he's going to get big minutes down the stretch of this game. And, you know, he's loved. You can tell he's loved by the Bucs. It was unfortunate he didn't get more of an opportunity here. He's an interesting player. I don't know how it projects long-term, but you saw all the players get into him pre-game, giving him a big hug, enthusiastic conversations with Mamu. So he's always going to be a guy that I'll be hoping... Uh, can have a long and prosperous career in the NBA. Uh, At least for now, uh, he is getting some action with this team, which is cool to see for him. All right, some numbers on this hot stretch coming right up after I talk about FanDuel because uh, the NCAA tournaments are heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drain. Now, I've mentioned the NBA playoffs a little bit on this podcast. Uh, the Bucks are officially the outright favorites for the NBA championship at FanDuel, plus 260. They've overtaken the Boston Celtics, who are plus 330, then the Devon Nuggets, uh, plus 750. As far as the NBA Finals matchup, equal favorites, uh, Milwaukee and Denver, and Milwaukee and the Phoenix Suns in a rematch of 2021, plus 700. Let me know in the YouTube comments if there is one matchup you would like to see for the NBA Finals, including the Bucs, obviously. Let me know. Uh, But uh, you can find all those odds and plenty, plenty more at FanDuel.com or just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so my quick notes uh, from this game tonight. I mentioned Chris Middleton. He put up pretty nice numbers in this game. He did play the 29 minutes, 19 points. 10 assists and he had six turnovers and some of them were pretty poor. I felt like the Bucs for most of this game or most of the first half were going through the motions. They kind of kicked it into gear uh, in the last minute and a half where they buried a bunch of threes and opened up a double digit lead there. Uh, so the turnovers, obviously something you look at for Chris. I thought he was blown by a couple of times on the perimeter defensively, which I'm sure people will point out. I've mentioned before, I'm not too worried about his defense until he gets to the postseason. right now. I just want to see him knocking down some shots. It is fascinating that he's gone 5 for 8 from 3 four games ago. Then he went 0 for 5 in the loss to the Pacers. Then he went 5 for 8 the other night in the win. Tonight he went 1 for 6. And he knocked down his first one, I believe. So he just still hasn't been able to get that consistency from a three-point percentage perspective. I still kind of feel like when he pulls up for those shots, they're going down, though. And if you take away the three-point stuff, uh, he was 7 for 9, from two point range tonight. And then you add in the 10 assists. So Chris Middleton continues to build again. This just isn't a game that you can take a lot from. Um, but I thought, uh, you know, I continue to think uh, that he is in some good shape as far as other three point shooters, which we always focus on with this Bucks team, Joe Ingalls four for six. love to see that he's been hot for a while now. And Bobby Porter's three for six. Anytime he's knocking down those threes, you feel good about that. Uh, also, the Bucs with three players with double-digit rebounds with Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton. Not sure how many times that has happened this season. But overall, the Bucs 130 points in this game. The offense was fine. The Spurs didn't have much resistance. We've spoken about this Bucks team offensively all season long and the struggles they've had, particularly early in the season where I go back to the end of January and I was talking about this team being a 4 or 5 seed. And it was pretty concerning because they didn't look great. There was guys in and out of the lineup. We had no idea if Chris Middleton was going to come back and play. We hadn't seen Joe Ingles play. Jay Crowder wasn't even a Milwaukee Buck. So there was, there was cause for concern. Not that this team wasn't going to make the postseason, but there was cause for concern that would this team be firing anywhere near where it needed to be to contend for a title. And we've seen them been able to figure that out ever since that. But I go back to why the Bucks were in a position to go on a run for this. So up until January 22, which is when Chris Middleton returned, the Bucs had the third-ranked defense. But offensively, they were awful by a numbers perspective for a contender. They, I'll be careful about how I use the word awful. But they weren't good. 23rd in the NBA with a 111.4 offensive rating, which is not good. The teams that were surrounding the Bucks, and in fact, the team's that were above the Bucks in offensive rating directly, Indiana Pacers, Washington Wizards, Oklahoma City Thunder. So they were with some teams that are not really in the mix. They were mediocre, worse than mediocre. And that was obviously a concern because we didn't know whether Chris Milton was going to come back and, and all those guys that I mentioned. Since that stretch, and the net rating for the Bucks prior to that was around plus one. So, you know, they were they were an even team. Since January 23, when Chris Milton returned, And there are a number of factors. I'm not saying this is all to do do with Chris Milton, but the Bucs had the fifth ranked offense, 118.1. They are scoring seven more points per 100 possessions. The defense has actually got better. It's the number one in the NBA at 108.6. And the net rating that was previously 1.2 is now up to 9.5 in this 27-game stretch. This has been a dominant run for the Bucs, and we absolutely understand that. We always talk about timing your run. I don't necessarily believe in peaking too early at this time of the year because you can carry this through. And the Bucs have been able to mix and match guys in the lineup. But I've spoken about the versatility offensively. And I just look at the way the Bucs are able to score in a variety of ways, whether it's Giannis being his dominant self, whether it's Chris Middleton now with the self-creation, working to the post, getting to that free throw line area for the fadeaway that he can get over anyone. Whether it's Chris as a ball handler and having 10 assists tonight and operating in the pick and roll and throwing lobs to Giannis left, right and center. Drew Holiday taking over games and he's been clutch. Brooke Lopez working with Joe Ingles in backup reserve lineups. I just, this is what we thought the Bucs could be at the start of the season. There are a number of reasons why they weren't able to execute to the level that we thought that they could. But to see them now have a, a top five offense and the number one net rating over the course of a large sample size, 27 games. I mean, you're talking a third of an NBA season. To see them do that at the business end of the year, at the back end of the regular season, it, it has to fill you with some confidence if you're a Bucs team because that was the lingering question over the, of this team, whether they could do it. So, look, there are a few teams that you can throw out the numbers over the entirety of the season. We knew that the Bucs defense was elite. But since that time, they've obviously added in Jay Crowder for an extra element of versatility on the defensive end. But the offense was a question. We'll still ask about the three-point percentage and where that is going to lie and who's going to be the guys that step up and knock down threes for this Bucs team. But as far as being able to function in the half court and still have that elite defense and rim protection to generate the transition stuff, uh, the Bucs are in a really, really good spot. And you will read some stuff probably leading to the postseason where people will point to the overall season numbers for the Bucs and say, geez, the offense is middle of the pack. That has not been the case when they've got healthy. They are back to around where they've been in previous seasons, uh, which is excellent to see for this Bucs team. So just wanted to point out the numbers because if you aren't aware of those, uh, it is really, really nice stuff to see. Make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. Get the news, stats, info, analysis from across the NBA on your locked-on NBA feed. That's a locked-on game-to-game podcast. All right, big weekend coming up for the Milwaukee Bucks, Utah, Denver, and as we mentioned, there's five game in seven nights. So there's going to be so many podcasts to come. One more podcast tomorrow. We'll look ahead to this uh, weekend stuff that the Bucks have got coming up. So stay tuned for that. As I mentioned at the top, 6.3K subs for YouTube. We're trying to get it to 7K by the start of the postseason. So subscribe, like, drop a comment, review, and uh, we would really appreciate it it's free to do so thanks for watching appreciate all you guys let me know what you thought about the show and i'll be chatting with all of you in the comment section we'll catch you all tomorrow